on in. <coughs> it's RBT, and it's a reading live. Oh no, oh my laptop's alright. <laughs> it wasn't coming on then. Okay, let's just sign in, make sure it's all good. Wrong password. That old chestnut. Hey! <laughs> oh, look at that, you're on the ball. Morning, Clayt. Morning, Neil Webster. Morning, Holly. Morning, Sarah. I think I saw Sue's name there as well, it's not showing up. So, morning, Sue, if that was you. Uh, so we're doing uh, Obadiah and Jonah this morning. Let's have a look. Yeah, Obadiah, quite short. And then Jonah. Nice. Oh, Jonah is just that double page as well. Uh, there you are, so I've had a little drink. Oh, so it's a little bit wet outside this morning. Um... Still feels quite warm, quite close lake. There we are, that's the weather. It's Tuesday. Having the AGMS is going to throw you, right? <laughs> right, seven o'clock, it's Obadiah. The vision of Obadiah. This is what the Sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise! And let us go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks. And make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle, And make your nest among the stars, From there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what disaster awaits you? Would they not steal as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, men of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, O Timan, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth, and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem. You were like one of them. You should not look down on your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march to the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor look down on their calamity in the day of their disaster, nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. 
You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Just as you drank on my holy hill, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink and be as if they had never been. But on Mount Zion will be deliverance. It will be holy, and the house of Jacob will possess its inheritance. The house of Jacob will be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. The house of Esau will be stubble, and they will set it on fire and consume it. There will be no survivors from the house of Esau. The Lord has spoken. People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau, and people from the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and Samaria, and Benjamin will possess Gilead. This company of Israelite exiles who were in Canaan will possess the land as far as Zarephath. The exiles from Jerusalem who were in Sepharad will possess the towns of the Negev. Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. That's the message from my Obadiah. Now Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O oh Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. 
You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me, all your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head, to the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on to dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh, and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go all through it. Jonah started into the city a distance of a day's journey, and he proclaimed, Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. The Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast, and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is it not what I said when I was still at home? This, that is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O oh Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head, so that he grew faint. He wanted to die, and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I am angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it. Or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than a hundred and twenty thousand people 
who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Well, that's really convicting that, isn't it? Isn't that amazing, just God's love, his love for people, that he sends Jonah, he sends Jonah to <coughs> to the city uh, to warn them about Judgment Day, um, that because they're sinners and have not uh, been to Jesus for the cleansing power, that they're under God's judgment. Isn't that kind of him to do that? And... It's yeah, it's so lovely that, isn't it? Should I should I not be concerned about these people? He loves them. And that's the same wherever you go today, wherever Jesus has sent you, isn't it? No matter how they treat you or how bad people they are. On one level, isn't it? They can't tell their right from their left. They're clueless. They haven't got a clue about life and and about what the consequences of their sin is they just haven't got a clue. And it's not our job to be angry about it. It's our job to tell them that they're sinners and there's a reckoning, but there's a place of safety in Jesus. That that is our that is our job. And Jesus loves them. All of your work colleagues, all of your neighbours, your children, Jesus loves them. He loves them. Wow, that's really convicting, that one. Yeah. And when they repent, he accepts them. Oh, I knew you were a God like this, who was gracious and compassionate. Yeah, it's nice that he is, because he was gracious and compassionate to us, wasn't he? Hey, have a great day today. God bless. It's Tuesday. Um, and God willing, see you tomorrow morning for another reading session. <laughs> hey, take care. God bless you. Bye-bye.